Welcome to Add Bible, an audio daily devotion from the Ezra Project. We join Alan J. Huth as he shares Bible passages and comments from over 30 years of his personal Bible reading journals. Today we look at Acts 7. We left Acts 6 with Stephen before the council, and that last verse in chapter 6 said, And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And now he begins his defense before this council. It's a long chapter, 60 verses, but it's intriguing and fascinating, and it will result in the death, the martyrdom of Stephen. So let's listen in. Acts 7 And the high priest said, Are these things so? And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me! The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred, and go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Yet he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but promised to give it to him as a possession and to his offspring after him, though he had no child. And God spoke to this effect, that his offspring would be sojourners in the land belonging to others, who would enslave them and afflict them four hundred years. But I will judge the nation that they serve, said God, and after that they shall come out and worship me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised them on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan and great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers on their first visit. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob his father and all his kindred, seventy-five persons in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem, and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for some of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. But as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt until there arose over Egypt another king who did not know Joseph. He dealt shrewdly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. At this time Moses was born, and he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house, and when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. When he was forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. And on the following day he appeared to them as they were quarreling and tried to reconcile them, saying, 
Men, you are brothers. Why do you wrong each other? But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Now when forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight, and as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their groaning, and I have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai and with our fathers. He received living oracles to give to us. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside. And in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, and offered a sacrifice to the idol, and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Rephan, the images that you made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it, according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. So it was until the days of David, who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the laws delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, 
and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Let's go back to chapter 6 for a moment to remind ourselves, who was Stephen? In chapter 6, we remember that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was full of grace and power, and he was performing great signs and wonders among the people. And, remember it says, they were unable to cope with the wisdom because of the spirit with which he was speaking. So Stephen was a powerful representative of Christianity, this newfound faith. In chapter 7, after he gives a brilliant dissertation of the history of Israel and its leaders, he hammers the Jews for being like their forefathers, stiff-necked, uncircumcised in their hearts and in their ears, always resisting the Holy Spirit, doing just as your fathers did. They don't keep the law, and he was stoned, remember, with forgiveness in his heart. I wrote in my journal in 2007, after reading Acts, Stephen knew his history. He knew his roots. How well do we know the story of Christianity today? He leveled criticism at the high priests and the council. Is the criticism the same today? Remember, he wrote, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears and are always resisting the Holy Spirit, you are doing just as your fathers did. Are we in touch with the Holy Spirit or are we doing the same thing? And are we resisting Him today? In his last moments on earth, Stephen said he saw the heavens open and he saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Wow. I don't know how my life will end. I don't know if I'll enrage somebody or if I will be persecuted for my faith. But I hope that someday I will also gaze into heaven and see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. When I was a young man, I grew up Catholic. I didn't really know or understand what Catholicism was. And later, I was challenged in college to learn more about Christianity and my faith. You see, I'd accepted Jesus as my Savior at 15 years old, and I didn't know a lot about it, any much more than I did about being a Catholic. And so I decided, if I was going to be a Christian now, I was going to know what it meant and be able to defend it. So, it was much like Stephen. Stephen knew what he believed in, and he knew why. Do you? I think that's one of the greatest takeaways from Stephen today, is he knew his history. He knew his background. He knew what he believed and he knew why, and he died for it. And so, do you know your faith? Do you know what it means to say, I am a Christian? If not, read the Word of God. Learn more about your faith. Read some books and understand Christianity to its fullest. 
It's doubtful that any of us will have to defend our faith in a way like Stephen did and be persecuted to such an extent that we would die for our faith. But if so, I hope I have the heart of Stephen, who could say as the stones were piling up on him, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I hope I can be as gracious as Stephen was to those who persecute me. Father, the Word of God strengthens us. We read a story like Stephen and hopefully it encourages us to know our faith and to be able to stand for our faith and also to have a heart like Stephen, a forgiving, gracious, loving heart to those who persecuted him. Give me that kind of heart today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.